0: December 28th, 2022. Let's continue our learning of Moreno Vukim. In the past several classes, we've developed several points and a few directions. I'd like to in some way or fashion continue that, and I'll explain to you how uh, very briefly. At the very beginning of the More, if you recall, Perek Alf and Perek Bet, Harambam had a twofold conversation for our purposes. First and foremost, we talked about what it means, Sele Elokim, and we kind of followed that up in one or two classes. We additionally described, Harambam did in Perek Bet, uh, his understanding of what this quote-unquote fall of man was uh, through that decision, we'll call it, to eat from it. Hadad. It's a transition, it's a changing from a, a mode of up. Ap- operation. operation wherein human beings are making decisions and are operating almost in an angelic fashion in a way that's, we call it, objective truths to the world as you and I know it, the world of human beings, that's what we call tov and ra, conventional truths, subjective realities, that's how we live our lives. And that's uh, several points that we've uh, developed and discussed. And uh, I don't know if it's the natural next step, but for me, the next step then is if we take a step forward and kind of uh, um, move forward with these sorts of thoughts in mind, the question is with regards to Torah, with regards to Am Yisrael, and ironically I'm going to start with the side point that will get us into those sorts of conversations this week, with regards to matters that are seemingly unique to Am Yisrael, something like what we'll call Lashon HaKodesh, the Hebrew language, what is the vantage point, what's the proper way of envisioning and understanding those things? In other words, if we began to a certain extent, or at the very least we can imagine a beginning of a life of emet and sheker, that's the way Haram Bam described it, the life in its epitome of human existence, the life of utopia, where human beings were and could be deciding matters in the right fashion. You do something because it's the right thing to do, not because you want to do it, long before the Torah was given, to the extent that Harambam, if you recall, uh, described that Gemara Masechet Shabbat as the Torah being given, Paskazu HaMatan, that filth, that poison of the Nahash was lost through the Torah. It's that the Torah is kind of bringing us back into the garden. The Torah is uh, realigning our minds, giving us the proper perspective. The question then is, in a sentence, is there room in Harambam's thought for Jewish particularism? And uh, it's, it might sound like a long and big word, but uh, to be uh, a Jewish particular means that I envision Judaism, I understand Torah and the nation that has Torah as being different inherently, in essence. There's something about Jews, about Am Yisrael, that's different. Is there room for that in Harambam's thought? What's, what's the alternative? The alternative is, and it's what I'm kind of leading you into through discussing what he described to us al- already, is that this is something that's learned. It's not something that's in my DNA. It's not something that's metaphysically or physically programmed into me. For example, and this, Joe, here's the quick recap of last week, or, or last class, to a certain extent, if the concept of Tzelem Elokim was learned, if Adam Harishon, in the words of Harambam, only passed that over to Sheikh neglected or wasn't able to pass it over to Kayin and Hevel, this concept which was defined essentially by proper thinking, intellectual perfection, the capacity to get to that, well then, should we, must we, is it appropriate, For us to say, well, Am Yisrael are actually different. Torah is actually this mode and the only mode to getting to that. Maybe not. Maybe this whole thing, this whole method and direction of life is one wherein we're trying to get back to a time, ironically, before the Torah was given. Yes, we're now in a world where we need Torah to get there, but it's not per se because, quote, the Torah has that secret to it. It's that the Torah has this way of aligning us. The Torah has a way of teaching us uh, to overcome our inclinations, our drives, and to set us back in an emet and sheikah vision. Do you understand what I'm saying? In other words, instead of, and I would say this is probably the most common vision of who we are as a nation, well the Gemara, Haram Bam himself, will describe Am Yisrael seemingly in terms with descriptions that... Have us being altogether different. You're a Jew, you're an altogether different person. It's the Torah, it's an altogether different reality. Even those words of that Gemara he was quoting, that Ami Israel who were at Har Sinai are different than non Jews because Paskazu Amatan, because that filth, that uh, poison of the Nahash no longer exists within us. Is that to be understood like in the sense that it's just who we are, or is it still something? that's achieved. Is it still something that we don't have inherently a part of us, we're not essentially different, or different because if we abide to Torah, if we align our thoughts, if we uh, fix our actions through its methods, uh, that in turn renders a different human being as uh, who we should be. That sort of discussion, that sort of conversation needs to be had with regards to Haram Bam's philosophy because he's been very clear to us thus far, just from reading what, four or five passages, that when we envision what the direction for human beings it's not, per se, about Torah and mitzvot. It's a scary thought. It's that Torah and mitzvot will aid us in getting to who we should be as human beings, aid us in the direction to tzelim Elokim, uh, aid us to a state in being which he described to us as existing before Torah being given. Uh, that being the case, I want to just uh, uh, carefully and cautiously begin that conversation with what might seem as an altogether different conversation, but it will, in coming weeks, uh, you know dovetail with this larger conversation, and that is by discussing Again, Lashon HaKodesh. So I want to talk about what Am Yisrael means. I want to talk about what Torah Israel means. I want to talk about what Lashon Yisrael is. This language, it's called Lashon HaKodesh in the words of the Chachamim very often. This is a Hebrew language. What is it that distinguishes Hebrew from other languages? Is there something that distinguishes Hebrew from other languages? Now, before even reading, you can, and mind, to have in your own mind a set thought on what is Hebrew and how has it been in interpreted to you in the past. It's certainly the words of Torah in their original are in Hebrew. You might have a certain affinity to the language. You might have a modern uh, perception of it uh, with regards to the modern spoken Hebrew. question is again, and and most specifically this is how the question will, the the issue will be, it'll revolve around this question, when the rabbis refer to it as Lashon HaKodesh, it's the holy language, the separate language, what do they mean? What is it about Hebrew that in turn sets it apart from other languages. They don't refer to any other language as Kodesh. So that's what I'd like to discuss with you. Harambam directly addresses it, and then Harambam. Gets viciously attacked after his life by several. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here it's in the More, it's in Heile mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Perik Haid. Again, the direction and the reason we're getting to this is because it's going to address a larger issue with regards to philosophically speaking who are we? What are we driving toward? What are we uh, seeking? I'm it's here. Question. Go ahead, please. If you're saying that where the Torah is not an you know, end, but it's a means to an end, right, does that mean that? It's that, that you were learning just for the sake of learning. Torah Lishma. Is null and void? It doesn't mean it's null and void. It means I have to have another understanding of what it is. In other words, what is Torah? The Chachamim talk about Torah Lishma. There's no question. The direction is to get Bal Lishma. The direction is to get to Lishma. What is it about lishma in Talmud Torah and Shemirat HaMiswot? And it just forces another interpretation to it uh, other than perhaps what you imagined. But it's, it's not going to do away with the statement. Uh, but that, that being the case, so here it is. I'll take a look at Haram Bam's words on this. He says in the second paragraph here on page 446, Yesh gam han maka madu'at nikret uzot zot b'shem lashon hakodesh. He said, I have a, a matter that, that is deep. have a depth uh, to add to why our language is known as the holy language, or the set-aside language, define Kodesh however you'd like for now. And then he cautions you and me from thinking that what he's about to tell us is is false or is uh, nonsense. Why would he be cautioning us against that? It seems as if he Understands he's going to be going up against the standard conception at the very least of his time I would add to a certain extent of our time with regards to understanding what is it that makes it Kodesh so this is don't think yachol, I, I just threw this out this, this has depth I'm, I'm really actually developing this Ela this is truthful what I'm about to tell you ki belashon azot lo nikba That's a little bit surprising if it's your first time hearing his description. So you want to know why it's called the holy language? Because in Hebrew, there's no word for the private part of men or women. Neither, and he's speaking very cleanly, he says, Neither to the act that brings forth children. There's no word in Hebrew that actually defines those things. He's going to say there are words that are used in the Torah, there are words in rabbinic language, but those aren't words that were, so to speak, designated for this, for the description of the private part of relations. They're words that have a different meaning, which were in turn borrowed and associated with this in order to keep the language, which is at its core a clean language, to so maintain that cleanliness. There are no words in uh, that, that actually were created or exist in Hebrew. This is his claim. Whether it's a, a, a proper claim, quote, unquote, whether it'll stand the water of, uh, of attacks. Nah, I'll, we'll read one or two of the attacks. But that's his claim. And he's going to continue. He's going to tell you several other things. That the cleanliness of here, it's, it's a funny thing because it, it's somewhat uh, pecu- peculiar. You're dealing with the word kadosh. We oftentimes... He himself, HaRambam, he has in his uh, in his Yadah in his Mishneh Torah, he has a book called Sefer Kedusha, and he has a book called Sefer Tahara. Kedusha and Tahara are two separate things for him. He's describing this as being a clean language. You might call that Tahor or Naki. Instead, he's associating that with Kidushah. Right, that's his claim. He says, So so far, Not for sperm. Is there a word in Hebrew? Uh, Actual. Yeah. Zerah means descendants, or means seeds, it's not per se, for, for, in other words, that's what he's going to do with all them. There are words, the Torah does refer to all these things, or mostly sing, and not for urine, and not for excrement, in other words, that's, that's, that's what Harambam is saying. So Harambam's claim then is, that's why it's called Lashon HaKodesh. Titsai means descendants. descendants. Children. The way you make children, right? The act of relations, of sexual relations, there's no actual word for it in Hebrew, he claims. How is Hebrew ah well that might be our question. That might be the full question over here. Now he's not really addressing that. But that's significant. The fact that that's not part of this conversation might be the whole point over here. In other words, and I'll stop for a moment, and I'll ask you now, after you read the words of Haram Bam, maybe I should have done this before, what word or what concept or entity or being do you associate with the word Kedushah or Kadosh? Immediately, I imagine you'd all say, God, what is sanctity if not divine? Nothing to do with God over here. He's not disassociating the language. He's not going to say that God didn't transmit He doesn't say that, per se, of messages in Hebrew. But he says that's not why it's known as Lashon HaKodesh. Lashon HaKodesh instead has nothing to do with origins, has nothing to do even with its usage, per se, by prophets or by our Torah. It has everything to do with the cleanliness or that Nikiut. What which, what do you mean? Was God using it in the Torah because it was clean cool, or...? You know, that's a great question. The question, of course, will beg itself. You, you have another question that connects itself to you. Well, where did the language come from? If it is... You're touching on the point you know, before I wanted to get there, but I'll do it. Um, if it is a God-conceived language, meaning, so to speak, whatever this fully means, God made Hebrew, made Lashon HaKodesh, uh, so wouldn't that be your description of why it's Lashon HaKodesh? If alternatively all languages, certainly the way we know languages today are what we call conventional, they were crafted by societal involvement, They were decided by us getting together, paying attention to things, all different ways there's things that sound one way, there's things we associate and so on and so forth, through communal involvement, if that's what Hebrew is, well that might be what he's leading us toward, even in Hebrew. The fact that he's not suggesting, again, it's only from omission, but it's a very significant fact that he's not talking about it in that in that fashion. I, I mean, I, I imagine
1: similarly, asim shushadorot Torah. So if we go that route, something that society had to develop that language before the Torah could be you? transmitted. That Twenty-six. Generations had to pass before the Torah, uh, had
0: to... Had to I hear you, era. but Joe, but who said, who said that has to do with the language, per The se? language is developed from... That's, from you, that's it's, a, it's a beautiful assumption, and it certainly will be what every linguist will tell you today. Is that, per se, the, call it, um, standard rabbinic or Jewish perspective? Let me ask it differently. If I were to turn to... I'm not to sit siding between schools, but the standard day school child who's in third, fourth grade. I couldn't, I should have tried it with my daughter, tonight is in fourth grade, and asked her, with what language did God create the world? The Torah you just mentions this as being through language. What language was he using, so to speak? I wouldn't say the word, so to speak. I would speak very simply, I'm certain she would answer, irrespective of what school she goes to, where she would at. that would be the answer. A Jewish kid Hebrew. usually answers Hebrew. I don't know, but maybe Haram Ban wouldn't.
1: I don't think you would, what?
0: because. Haram baal. In order to create the world, the, the
1: language is a, com- a conversation between two entities. There was no entity so, to have so, that had that So, so, a, so a, Yeah,
0: but it could it be. Else? It could be as uh, many forms of communication. Yeah, but, but that uh, communication
1: has uh, to happen uh, between uh, the two uh, entities.
0: Uh, right, and then it says, "Vaikrayolhim laorv He's vela layla kara layla." Right. So at this juncture. Well, He's, he's not, at this point, he didn't say anything about that. All he told us is the reason it's Lashon HaKodesh is because it's clean. It's a little surprising, I'm pointing out, that he doesn't. But that proof, aren't there derogatory words in Hebrew? Rambam's claim is if they exist, they're borrowed from something else. He's going to tell us what words you use for the male organ, what you use for a female organ. They're all either euphemistic or giving an imagery instead of, so to speak, an essence. Okay. That's his claim. There's no punch word, but yeah. it makes match different. It's the
1: same way in English. We have words that aren't English.
0: Yeah. You said because we think that like schmuck is not an English word. Yeah. Right. German. 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 That's right. It means jewel. Jewel. That's right. Um, so, so, yeah. so
1: the question is, why... Why?
0: Um, I lost my question. Okay. All right. Anyway, so let's why, I'm sorry, go ahead. Why is
1: and, and human organ Why those? Why would those even be considered not kadosh?
0: Um, I mean, I don't think it's so hard. I mean, you're right. I understand what you're saying. If if manipulated in the proper way, so then you're bringing forth spiritual matters. At the same time, the fact that these issues are kept private. Already designates to you and me that there's something about it, at least from a human perspective, that is not appropriate for you and me to be talking about. Yeah, now, as if I'm you know. sitting at the table, I have I, well, I have a three-year-old right now. My three-year-old's coming home from school, talking about for no reason other than he thinks it's cute to mention it at the table. Excrement, and he's using all the kids' words for it. Is it per se not kadosh? hard to define that, it's certainly inappropriate. Why is it inappropriate? Because that's what, because that's a private action. That's something that involves matters that are not with regards to the regular uh, community building and spiritual uh, growth. It's not to say that it can't be in every aspect, but that's certainly the direction of these matters. And as a result, that's what he has as the Lashon HaKodesh. Yeah, Sam. we
1: summarize by saying that topics or subjects that conventionally are spoken of in in polite and discreet ways, Hebrew specifically goes
0: out of its way to address those topics with sensitive words, metaphorical references and so forth. Correct. That's the way to say it. He says there is nothing with its initial meaning, meaning it's not being borrowed, if it's being borrowed, if it's being affiliated, if it's being metaphorical. Okay, that exists. But in terms of original meaning, there's no word in it for any of these concepts in Hebrew. Rather, they're used with words that are borrowed again, or with rimazim with some sort of hint. The reason for this is That's what Haram says. It's inappropriate for us to just be talking about this. And you can glean that from Hebrew. And that's why it's Sometimes there are matters. Ironically, he says this in the context of prayer as well. But okay, over here he's saying there are matters that you just don't need to talk about. Uh, you can just keep it quiet. They don't need to be articulated. And when there is a necessity to talk about it, and it is part of life, we use different uh, euphemisms, different nicknames, different metaphorical references. That's what I was, I guess, stealing from him earlier, Joe. He says, and the proof for that is the same way we, we perform these in private, so too we can understand why those matters are not talked about in that fashion. Why not? Taboo, inappropriate, generally speaking. It could
1: be similar to where it says With
0: with, uh, uh, With Bilha. Bilha. Well, the pasuk says that he does. The Chachamim have a different interpretation of it. Yeah, Ishqav, yeah. All right, what well, can I tell you? This? My, my education skipped over a lot more than that. Well, that's, that's why we studied as adults. Um, anyway, uh, listen, but again, the pasuk over there, if anything, Joe, is, is making the opposite claim. If the rabbis are saying that's not what took, actually took place...
1: Therefore, that word actually doesn't
0: mean that he's left with her. That's true. It means, Vayishkav just means he lies. That's true. And that's so what he's going to do. Words. Sure, he's going to do it at great length in this next paragraph. We'll quickly read through it. Ala eve ha-gevarim amiru gid. The reference to a male private part is a gid. al ki omro v-gid this is the pasuk, for example, in Yeshaya, which is referring to the stiff neck or whatever, the neck of people, is referring to it as a gid barzel. A gid is a sinew. It's like this tissue-like uh, part of our bodies. Barzel, of course, means brass, so the context over there is, you know, it's, it's a sinew. So sinew, that's what you're calling, effectively, the private part. You don't have a name for it. The name is sinew. That's, that's how you refer to it. You borrow that. Gamro even in the Torah, the Torah refers to a blemish of, of human beings, certainly of Kohanim as well, as kirut shofecha. Kirut means it's cut. Shofecha, well, that's a reference to the uh, male uh, the, the organ. What does shofecha mean? Lefi pa'ulato. It's shofich. It, it, it streams things, it gets rid of it, it has things come out of it. That's why it's not a Shopecha, it's not the name per se. Kovata. And when it comes to a woman's organ, the Torah, in the context of pinehas of, uh, um, spearing Kozbi and Zimri, Pasuk says that he spears Kozbi into Kovata. Kovata is the reference to her private part, and keva. Do you know what those words mean? They mean like the connect, the uh, the inner area. Hu shem ha That's a reference to uh, a stomach. That's not actually a word that describes a female organ, but it's a word that's used in that uh, in in that context. V'ilu What about the word rehem? Uh, God closes the rehem of some of the imahot. Nigzar uh, mean. Uh, excuse me it's the womb it's where the baby is uh, is formed womb there is he has no problem with there being womb. that's not what he's saying maybe you think that's what the word Rechem means Rechem doesn't mean the private part Rechem means the inner He's saying some people may think when it says that God closed the Rechem, oh, it means, you see, the salim is private. No, it means the womb, it means the inner area where the baby is uh, to a certain you know, that the child is, is formed. Shem what do the rabbis refer to as, uh, excuse me, what does the Torah or the Navi refer to as uh, excrement? So'ah. Soa is not a word in essence, it rather is an mean yose or yasa, and it's something that comes out exits your body. It's not a word in essence. Shema shetin, what about urine? Who, me raglaim. Again, it's somewhat funny. You didn't expect this when we're talking about a matter called Lashon HaKodrish, Obshan Bam is jumping us into conversation about all these sorts of matters. It says urine, there's no word for urine. The best you have is something called Memera raglaim, water of the feet. Of course, it trickles to your feet, I mean, in some way or fashion. There's no word for it. Shema what is the name for, for sperm? Who Shikvat zera, v'ilu'itam ha there's no word for uh, sexual relations. We instead refer to it, uh, uh, Joe, as lying. All sorts of words the Torah uses, none of which are direct, all of which kind of gloss around it. We do, but there are words in English, is what Harambam would answer. Zot velo acheret, v'al yite'e ot'echa yishgal, v'tachsov ot'o le shem and the ki sh'gal hu shem ha-shivcha ha-mukhenet li-b'aila bel-vad, ni-seva ketiv Perusho yikah When the Pasuk talks about being maybe that word is the one word that's a reference to relations, he says it's not, it's one step removed. Really, Shegel or Shegal is a reference to a woman who is taken by a man who is specific for sleeping with her. So, when the Pasuk says that you might be sleeping with that woman or refers to that for sleeping, it has this word Shegal, which really means a woman who's prepared for that, but it's not direct at all. That's what Harambam suggestion again for Lashon HaKodesh why we refer to and what is unique about the Hebrew language. I say it very seriously, it's a little bit, it certainly was for me the first time I learned it, some time ago. It was anticlimactic. I learned it when I first learned Masechet Nedarim, ironically. Masechet Nedarim, throughout, talks about language. It's about the proper way of articulating matters that will be forbidden to you and so forth. And the Masechet, time and again, from the first Mishnah, refers to something called kinuyim. Kinuyim are these nicknames for words or nicknames for swears. And in the very beginning, and then throughout the Masechet, there's this conversation behind the scenes of what is language. Is language something that has a certain essence to it? Is there something to it that's inherent? Or alternatively, is it what's called conventional? In that context, the words of Harambam come up because they're (coughs) always brought in contrast to almost every other Jewish thinker, both from his time, those who preceded him, and those who come after him. Almost every other Jewish thinker in a different field, generally speaking, than that strict rationalism of Harambam has a different perspective on why it's known as Lashon HaKodesh and what Hebrew really is. And I refer to, and I put on the page in front of you, really the, the biggest names on this matter. Number one is Kuzari Rabbi Levi, a very important Spanish uh, philosopher. And number two is Ramban Nahmani, comes after Harambam, Barcelona, Spanish mysticist, uh, to call him Mecubal. Number Number three is Ritva, another Rabbi from Spain, a little bit after Ramban, generation after. Also, somewhat of a mystical thinker, oftentimes, especially in the book that I'm quoting to, defending Harambam from the attacks of Ramban Nahmani. Each of those, and we'll read them briefly, and we'll, we'll touch upon them, have a completely different vision as to what Lashon Hakodesh is. To the extent that I brought you to source number seven is Beur Halacha, is Mishnah Berula, is uh, the Hafetz Hayim, and recently generation under a hundred years ago, and source number eight is the book, Lashon Nimudim of Haller, Moshe Chaim each of these, at the very least, are together in their conception, which is very different than Haram Bams, with regards to how do I conceptualize, how do I understand what this is, Lashon HaKodesh, what is, is there something unique to Hebrew beyond that almost topical treatment of Haram Bam? Start with source number one, Kuzari. Kuzari ribihu dahlevi, who precedes Harambam. Jewish thinker, this debate in recent times seems to have been settled with regards to how much Talmud he was really proficient in. He's certainly a very significant thinker. Does that mean that a thinker in our history has to be someone who knows Gemara really well? In today's day and age, for one reason or another, they're often associated. Someone said, Talmud Chacham, I remember as a child hearing my father talking to one of his friends. This rabbi friend said to him, I said I, I, it bothers me when people will only refer to Talmud as people who know Gemara well. What about a person who's well versed in Tanakh? It's changing today. What about a person who spends a lot of time Jewish philosophy? What about a person who's involved with Halacha but not per se Talmud? Are they not a Talmud? It's a funny and interesting thing, wherever that sort of concept came in today's day and age. But Rabbi Uda Levi is a very interesting counter uh, argument to this, he's canonized, he's very much much a part of our tradition, we have very clear evidence that this was not, Talmud was not, I said this all parenthetically, was not really his selling point. Uh, he was very well versed in many other matters. He was a poet, he was a philosopher, and so forth. Anyway, so if you take a look together with me, he says, Vihib'atzma <speaking in> ha <Hebrew> Mi Kabbalah u svara. Kabbalah he means tradition Svarah means logic It doesn't mean Kabbalah in the way that you and I might use it today And he's referring to Hebrew Now we're not going to talk about the second one Svara. I just quoted for you this Kabbalah this traditional aspect What is special about Hebrew? A certain tradition What's the tradition? She halashon asher dibir shemit itbarach im Adam veHava. It's the language with which God used to speak to converse with Adam and Hava. Ubad dibiru shenehem. And he says, and furthermore, that's what the language they spoke. Kasey yore al zir hagazer Adam me Adamah, or higazer Adam me Adamah. Why are we known as Adam? because we were taken from Adama. How could you make the argument that those weren't the names if that's the words we're using? Ve'isha, me'ish, ve'hava, me'hai, ve'kayin, mishat, ve'noach, all these names in the Torah were based upon another word. It appears as if this was all in Hebrew. Not the easiest sale. I'll tell you why not the easiest sale.
1: Name all the animals. If all the we'll get
0: there, we'll get there, give it a second. Maybe that was all in Hebrew. Maybe it was well, all a divine inspiration to developing it. That language. And that's what you decided. If
1: he's naming them.
0: Uh, who said he's actually naming them independently? Maybe it's all divine inspiration. The argument could be made. The argument is made, as a matter of fact. Is it? Yeah, by the Be'udah Levi himself. Uh-huh. Um, uh, that, that the naming of Adam was divinely inspired. He knew the names. He knew the names oh, because this is an inherent the language. Name
1: of the animals.
0: Yeah, that's right. So that whole, that whole thing that's, you know, go name the animals was. Just a game. It's significant, not a game. It's significant. Listen, anyway, it's a question. What was the significance? Who's he talking to? It's all a question, regardless. In other words, what we're learning from it. But what is actually taking place at that time? Is he, so to speak? Uh, quote-unquote, independently doing it? That's the Joe type of approach. Or is he just doing it because that's what it is? In essence, that's the name of it, and it's kind of divinely inspired. He just knows it, zapped into his mind, or he tapped into some higher knowledge. That should be the name. I'll tell you why it's, it's a hard sale, though. It's a hard sale because, uh, as I've unfortunately pointed out too many times, I don't please with your children all that much, but we have a name uh, that we use all the time. His name was Moshe. I don't know about you as much as Moshe certainly was, based on our understanding of Torah, well versed in Hebrew. My guess is that the daughter of Paro was not that much. Certainly not, even though the rabbis envision her as afterwards converting. But certainly at the time of giving the name to Moshe, Kibinamayim, because she took him and she was Moshet because she yeah. took him out of the water. Was she saying that in Hebrew? That's what Ramban says about Satan Paneah also. I understand. Right? You know, I'm, I, I, Moshe is a little bit stronger over here, which means to say, whatever that name was, I'm imagining, I could be wrong about this, would probably have a different interpretation, although he might not. Whatever the name was in whatever language she was talking <coughs> in Egypt at that time, something along the lines of Akkadian, or whatever the language was being discussed, was being used at that time period, um, well, the parallel then in Hebrew, the same way as well, some of the matters in that seem to, is that really the words that were spoken or they they speaking some sort of Persian language uh, in that context? Which means to say specifically his proof that these names emanated from their real name in Hebrew, That's right, it could be, but it's all just the analog. Whatever name they were using in their language and they drew this name from it, I say, uh, Joe is from the uh, parallel word in Hebrew. And I say in the parallel then in Hebrew is Yosef, which comes from that word in Hebrew. In other words, the point Joseph, for example, we're understanding is coming from Yosef. Uh, But what if I say that Yosef is because it's uh, from adding more and I wanted to make the parallel in English. I can have uh, something. uh, It's the wrong example. What I'm saying, though, is it's not a full-fledged proof. The fact that all these names were based on another, Moshe being that, but that's his claim. So Rabbi Huda Levi, quite clearly from the first words we see over here, says, you want to know what's special about Lashon HaKodesh? It's the language with a capital T and capital L, the language, the language which it all began with, the God language, and in turn the language of essence. There is a rabbinic tradition that ever uh, who who's, uh, uh, continues and his descendants keep this tradition of speaking evrit. <laughs> What does that mean? Well, the Torah in Bereshit Perak describes how the whole land, the first Pasuk, is speaking one language, says Rashi from the rabbis, Hebrew, Lashon HaKodesh, Rashi writes. And then, of course, Migdal Bavel, the languages are mixed up, and they're speaking different languages afterwards. But there's one lineage, one 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 descendant after descendant after descendant who continue this. Mystical, mysterious, hidden language, and that's the descendants of Ever. That's why Abraham is a descendant of Ever, Abraham Ha'ivri. He continues this Lashon HaKodesh, continues Kuzari, as a matter of fact, and he significantly writes that Abraham, when he was in Ur Kastim, don't imagine him as speaking Hebrew to the other people. That's not the language they spoke. They spoke something along the lines of, he calls it Aramit, of Aramaic. But he suggests he continued in the secret, in the Holy in the domain of his sanctity, that's where he was speaking Hebrew. He continued and he passed that down to his children. Viudah Levi, for our purposes, is the first to talk about Hebrew as a language of essence, very different than we imagined, although we we don't have proof per se in Harambam along those lines. Ramban Nahmani, in source number two, in his commentary to the Torah, he's commenting at the beginning of Parashat Kitisa on the words Shekel Hakodesh. How do you have a holy coin? Well, it's a coin that's used for holiness. And in that context he talks about Lashon HaKodesh and he says you want to know why it's called Lashon HaKodesh I'll tell you why, it's because the Torah is written and, and, and transmitted in Hebrew and prophecy is in Hebrew and it's the language that God convened with Am Yisrael loye in Hebrew and it's all the names of God Shemot HaGedoshim are in Hebrew Kel, Elokim Sevakot, Shakai, Yod Hevav and so on and so forth oh, those are the words I wanted most specifically from Ramban Nahmani and it's the language he used to create the world. So for Ramban as well, if we were to characterize Hebrew what's special about Hebrew? It's the language. It's not conventional. It's not like English. It's not like French. not like Spanish. not like Greek. None of those languages which were all born out of some sort of communal national social development. This is the language. That's why it's Lashon HaKodesh. That's Ramban Nahmani. That was Kuzari. That even Ritva and Ritba again, was a generation after Ramban Nachmani. He wrote a book called Sefer Azikaron. I, mean, I happen to own it. I don't see it being sold all that off. It is a fascinating small book. And this small book called Sefer Azikaron is Ramban Nachmani's defenses for Harambam to many if not all the attacks that Ramban Nahmani has in his commentary to the Torah. Ramban Nahmani a completely different school of thought as we'll develop together over the course of these classes than Harambam. So he disagrees with many philosophical points of Harambam. And among those is this one, says Ritva, this is the one place, to the best of my knowledge, in the entire book that he says, I'm not defending Harambam. He wow. says I could, and Ramban even had a question about that word the and he has a question. He says I kind of could defend Ramban, but I won't do it because I think it's wrong. He's very clear about that. What, what does he go further? He says he goes further, and here's some critical words on the third line in the middle: halila lechachmeha emet lehaamin those who accept emet and sod and, and, and a secret, uh, those who are involved in Yoda echen he talks about, those who are in the mystical world, those people understand that this approach of harambam, he's concealing more than he's revealing. The fact that words in Hebrew don't have an essence to them, that's not true. Everyone who knows anything about Jewish mysticism he's suggesting to us knows that Hebrew in and of itself has an inherent essence. What do I mean by inherent essence? I mean along the following lines. And as a matter of fact, there's a book written by Professor Menachem Kellner, or Mark Kellner, and his book is about Maimonides' encounter with mysticism. And in it, he suggests, if I remember correctly, that the reason Bam is opposing this sort of thought with regards to Hebrew being a language of essence is because what bothered him so much was amulets and an amulet, a kamea, a kamea is something that was until today but certainly in his time period even more so written by a Jewish mysticist using special names which combining letters in some way or fashion have some sort of believed, perceived or actual essence to heal, to cure, to give you good luck and so forth. Harambam, that's Kamea, that's what it's called. So an amulet, a Kamea, Harambam. Now keep in mind, we do, until today, associate that with mysticism, with Kabbalah. That's right, because names and letters and words have an essence to them. To the extent that even as well, it's not crazy, Hasidut mikubalim will often have an affinity to gematria. They're paying attention to the letters and the essence and the numbers and so forth. Letters and words have an essence to them, to, in and of themselves. Rav Kook has an entire book on the letters of the Hebrew alphabet, the secrets that are inherent in each of them. But it's not only these later mekubalim mikubalim and mystics, it's not only the time of Arambam. We've mentioned it more than one occasion. Gemarot in several places have such references. The Gemara Maseich Menachot says that the world, this world, was created with the letter He. Again, of course, Bam would have his own interpretation to it. And Olam Habayis, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Was written with the letter Yod. Oh, well, there's already some sort of mystical reference. There's a book called Sefer Yesira. According to tradition of many, it was written by Abraham Avinu. According to others, written much later. Regardless, it describes creation of the world through letters. Letters, words, combinations of letters and words is matters of essence. Very much not what we're reading about in Haram Bam, at least we seem to have him implying that. It's, it's to the extent that, uh, well, I, because. I
1: have to say it's worthy of note that the scientific world describes everything in terms of letters, representing atoms, representing a certain essence of energy.
0: Or a- sure. Coding as well. Yeah,
1: it's a system that just is a representative system rather than inherently meaningful.
0: Sure, but the thing is they do, and I gotcha, and that's the way Harambam would explain these sorts of references. He would say it's representation, letters and words have a representation. Uh, each of these who we're reading from really very much in the words of Maharal and Ramchal and others you'll find their understanding it's difficult and philosophically it'll have to be developed and 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 digested to fully appreciate their understanding of words Hebrew words specifically is that the Hebrew word is the essence of the thing you're talking about your word God is in the heavens With the word of God, the heavens were created. The fact that God utters over the course of the creation of existence, that's uttering. And the word is the essence itself as opposed to a description of it. That's a very mystical type of thought. It's a thought that Harambam has not yet, and we're understanding, will not wrap his head around. Go ahead. No, that's not gonna be difficult per se. It means that the Torah is going to present certain concepts in a way that's digestible to human beings.
1: But that that concept is, as we said, as a tech, But the words are representing
0: in a way. But it means we'll the words will represent essence. But the way they'll be articulated and presented to you will be some way that's digestible to human beings. All right, it's got to have a longer conversation yeah. to to truly, uh, you know, uh, you know, iron that fully out. But that's that's really what we're up against. That's really. It means that God made the language, Kuzari Ramban and Ritva say it explicitly. Yeah. God created the language and as a result, to the extent that it's, it's I've said it more than once in Shabbat classes, uh, that many of the Jewish thinkers pay, pay attention to the fact that in Hebrew we refer to things as Devarim. Devarim is the same word we refer to for speech because the vision of many is that things are things because of the speech. In other words, I refer to it not just as that and its way of representing it, but that's what it is. It's hard to sometimes really wrap your head around. I'll give you an, an, an analogous situation. It's not the same. I once read in, in Rav Shagar's book. Rav Shagar was a very important Jewish thinker who passed away just a couple of years ago, tragically at a young age. But he was he wrote, he wrote some during his life. His students published a lot after. was a very, a very um, ultimately speaking, seems to be a, a prolific teacher and pub and, and writer in the scheme of things but he gives when he's articulate he was very involved with postmodern thought uh, he gives the following example with regards to how words sometimes until today in a way you and I could maybe appreciate this sort of concept although you know non-Jewish philosophers will will talk about this people like Heidegger and, and others will will have this sort of thought but he said that he was once uh, at a bakery in Jerusalem and he was buying a halal. He said, when I say the word hala, he wrote this in two places, he said the word halal. I think about Friday night meal, I think about kiddushah, I think about Shabbat. He said, the person in front of me online bought a hala, took it and walked out of, the, uh, out of the store, as did I, and he opened the hala, ripped it open and shoved it into his mouth and devoured it. He said, I was overwhelmed. I was trembling. It was just a desecration of sanctity in that moment. But of course it wasn't. There's a person eating bread but he calls it "hala. the fact that we refer to it as "hala, the fact that it was bought in the bakery and it was braided in that way, already gave it in his mind, and maybe in some sort of essential way, a certain sanctity, to the extent that you can begin to wrap your head around this concept, begin to, of words defining and constructing reality as we have it, not just being representative of it, but actually being it. All right, but Haram is clearly not doing that, and I mentioned this all as we, as we kind of wrap this thought up. mention this all again as, as touching upon the beginning of our conversation today, and that is once Harambam opened our eyes to the fact that when we're seeking truth in this life, when we're searching for Imit and sheker, it comes through a proper understanding of essence proper understanding of essence will have many ways I can get there, but it need not be, and it actually won't be, that you just have it, or it just is. There's no such thing for Haram Bam. The way you'll get there is through a development of mind, through a, through, through a development of character. It's the only way to get there, and as a result, you won't have, in his words or thought, matters that have an inherent essence. There won't be intrinsic value to things aside from the way that we perceive it, aside from the way that we develop it and understand it and engage with it. That's very much the direction. Countercultural in his time, countercultural in our time. To say to a person, Well, you're a Jew, what makes you better than the non Jew? What? I'm Jewish. Harambam would say, if you're following the Torah, if you're understanding it, if you're associating the proper concepts, ideas, if you've become a different person, yes. You're, quote, a better person. The fact that you're born to a Jewish family, the fact that, quote, your forefathers stood at Har Sinai, did that make you, per se, a different person? He will have to define... Well, I did we didn't read his words on that, but we already understand that will be a hard sell for us to associate those sorts of words with Haram Bam. I'm not talking about... Uh, what will, as a result, be the difference between a convert and a born Jew for someone like Haram Bam? much less, a much thinner line than someone like Rabbi Uda HaLevi. And as a result, the Hebrew language, the Lashon HaKodesh, the language of the Torah, it should take us, at this point, uh, should be little surprised, the fact that Haram Bam doesn't need there to be an intrinsic essence to it. Uh, what makes it holy? It doesn't have in, uh, the disgusting words in it. What makes it holy for others? It's the language of God, language of God says Haram Bam. It may have been. Does that... <laughs> First and foremost, he'll explicitly say not so. Uh, secondly, does that therefore is make it a matter? He'll say. Is there anyone he'll, that agrees with him? I'm sure. I don't, not, not that just I know him, of, but saying, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, outside of the Torah world, everyone. In the Torah world, not many that I'm familiar with. Wow. There is a Gemara. Well, well, we'll address it a little bit. Yeah. Just to tie back to the concepts
1: that you mentioned in the introductory yes. and then throughout the yes. We're supposed to be learning a certain behavior from Torah. Judaism, generally speaking, isn't actualized properly if it's not internal. Right. So and am making the point that if Adam communicated to Shed, and Shed has to communicate communicated to the rest of humanity, and then certain people picked up on it, and other people did it. It takes effort. It takes consciousness. It takes a lot, right? Yes. One of the things that Torah is trying to teach us is in our language things we should be talking about in public or in behavior, things sure. that we should be doing in public and things we shouldn't. And so it fits into the well set, well set. Well set. It's there to teach you well how said. So Sammy says it
0: much better than I than I said it, and I didn't even intend for it, but it's perfect. Sammy said, and now pay attention to what Haram Bam told us is Lashon HaKodesh. It's the fact that the language teaches you and me about what we should be saying, what we should be focused on. After all, that's what we're saying Torah is. After all, that's what we're saying life is. He's suggesting That is.
1: is is But then. But Okay. Okay.
0: Ali, we understood. understood, But but that's his. That's. Everyone's going to disagree with him.
1: But doesn't that element of Nitta have to come from God? It, it can't be something that's developed from us because we don't Very, know what to right. Again,
0: Joe, nobody's saying not per se, although Haram Bam will. But at yes. this juncture at this yes. juncture nobody's saying not other than that's not what makes it quote special. What makes it special is that it's instructive. No, I that it's that, yeah, but the one
1: thing I'll, I'll counter there is it can't be instructive because we okay. don't know. Okay, right, give, give it a few, uh, understood. Yeah, anyway,
0: so here, uh, just uh, just a few more points, just quickly to be able to capitalize on this point and uh, give a little bit of understanding further. In uh, source four, Harambam, in his Mishneh Torah and Hilchot Kiryat Shema, uh, talks about the Halachot with regards to Kiryat Shema. He's really initially quoting from Mishnah and Masechet Tzotah, Gemara and Mishnah and Masechet Perachot, several things all together. And talks About first and foremost in halachatet, about the way that you uh, say the words in Shema. If you're reading Shema, you have to be midaktik, you have to read the words carefully. So, for example, just the famous examples is you need, you need to leave. Uh, if we got nothing else out of the class, we learned how to say Shema, You need to make sure that if there are similar, if there are identical words at the end of one word, the beginning of the next word, you pause in between. So, for example, uh, letters, I'm sorry, for example, bechol. There are two lamits one after the other. If you read it together, it sounds like, That's not, that's, that's. Uh, For example, he says furthermore, If you read it together, it just sounds wrong, it's wrong. Uh, he, he furthermore gives an example, he says, um, Fascinating one. Because we, we don't say kanap, and we don't say fitil. Hakanaf kenaf Okay, anyway, you have to pause. That's his first statement. Right, so important to know. Then in the next halacha, reflecting on Mishnah and Masei that Kiryat Shema can be said in any language, you can fulfill your mandate, your mitzvah from the Torah in any language, says the but be careful. When you read it, Hakore, if you're reading in any other language, s'arich li You have to be careful that you don't have any of the corrupt parts of that language. And you have to have the diktuk, the scrupulous articulation with that language, English, French, Spanish, whatever, same way you would in Hebrew. Now, I know what he told me in Halakha Tet. What does it mean to be medaktek? To stop in between words and totter them in such a way and so on and so forth and several other things in the proper articulation of the words. All right, I'm reading it in English. I have to stop in between the words? Says Raavad, of course, uh, uh, an important uh, uh, southern French rabbi who has his glasses on Haram So What are you talking about Haram I'm reading it in another language. Another language is a perush. It's a commentary. It's a, it's a translation of the initial language of the language of essence. You're telling me I have to be careful and scrupulous. The language, if the language in essence I say to you, you have to articulate your words perfectly. Otherwise, you didn't say kiriyachima If I'm reading another language, so I, I I put two letters together, I really messed up that thing. Says Amar Abraham, enane lahaskamat uma means they're conventional. You can't and shouldn't be talking about conventional languages as having a certain particularity to them. How would Harambam respond to that? How is it? Why is it that Harambam says that not only in Hebrew do you have to be particular about your diction and your articulation of the words, but in any language as well, the answer might be that for Harambam there's no distinction. Hebrew, French, English, are all equal in this respect. Not to say per se that Hebrew, of course, doesn't have a certain elevated sense, but what makes it lashon haKodesh? Kodesh? The fact that it doesn't have the dirty words. The fact that it's clean. As a result, Ravat's claim against Harambam is not a strong claim, because Harambam will say to him, what are you talking about? Their Haskamat kolumave u'ma, those other languages came about through social development. Who said Hebrew was any different? As a, as a result of that, that's what I'm suggesting, is the disputes, a well-known disputes in Harambam and Raavat. You know, along these lines there is, in source number seven, on the counter Harambam line, I mentioned earlier, Be'ur uh, in, in, Halakha, uh, this is in Siman Samikbet. so Mishnah uh, is talking about the Halacha. See so the Halacha is that you're allowed to, as I said earlier, say Kiryat on any language. Does that mean really any language? Says Be'ur Halakha, no, it means any language. That the people in your environment, in your country are speaking so if you made up a language with your brother and sister and friends, not going to work. If you have a language that's esoteric, that only a few people speak in another island somewhere, not really going to work. He says that's all in contrast, however, to Hebrew. Hebrew, irrespective of where you are, how many people know Hebrew, you can say Kiriach in Hebrew. Why so? says Because they're qualitatively different. A language is essential only in as much as the people are speaking it. Hebrew is essential, it's intrinsically valuable, and it's Ashon HaKodesh, it just is the language, capital T, capital L. Uh, Ramchal, as I mentioned earlier, vehemently, without saying it explicitly, opposed to such a notion of Harambam. He it says, It's the spirit, it's the source of this language not only do they refer you are they symbolic of what you're referring to underlying those words there are secrets there are meanings that are infinite with regards to every word in Hebrew writes in the next paragraph this language not like all other languages that came about through conventional involvement it's rather it's rather a matter of essence. The language is intrinsically wow. a language. So, to summarize, before we read just the last passage from the More. Summarize very briefly what we've developed again with all the background aside for now. We developed a very unique position from Harambam. The background was they're not so surprised about it, but the statement of Harambam is that Lashon HaKodesh is specifically and only because of its purity of speech, nothing of intrinsic nature, nothing about it because it's God's language, nothing about it because it's better or different or particular. Everyone else, and to the extent Joe asked me, do I know? I don't know anyone else who agrees with Harambam. Doesn't so, I mean there isn't, but it's a very unique position. Uh, Harambam then hasn't said it explicitly until now. In source number nine, in Helek Bet and Perik Lamed, bam We read from Perik Bet, uh, 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 Helek Bet, Perik Lamed. It's over there that he's quoting several rabbinic passages. Over there, it's not a rabbinic passage per se, but it's the pasuk that Joe brought our attention to earlier, and that is Vayikraha Adam it says that Adam HaRishon, in Perek Bit of Bereshi, it says, gives names to everything. God prompts him to do so. Now, the whole sentence. It says, Rambam, you want to know what you need to pay attention to and uh, set your heart and mind on? This pasuk, the Torah is instructing us and telling us sheha that languages are conventional, came about through the acceptance, through the agreement of people. Velotivreiot. There's nothing inherent. There's nothing intrinsic. Intrinsic. There's nothing natural to them. Kefi shehashevu as others think. What pasuk is he referring to? Adam haRishon. Adam haRishon giving the names, not per se with divine inspiration. Rather, he's looking at this, comparing, giving based on his understanding of people and time and so forth, it means somewhat Clearly, Harambam's position on this matter with regards to what is Lashon HaKodesh in a sentence, Harambam consistently will not tap into that word intrinsic. He will not give in to the idea that there's something of essence, some sort of a genetic reality there. It's a divine language because it's from God. There's no such nature in Harambam. It's the way that we'll develop, it's the way that we'll appreciate, the way that we'll understand it to the extent that he doesn't even have it coming from God. You'll ask, I don't know the answer. So what language did God create the world with? He might say to you, you have to redefine what's taking place over there with regards to the speech of God. He might tell you, you have to understand it in a different way. He might, I wouldn't use the word might. He certainly would tell us that. Whereas uh, pretty much everyone else is on the other side of the aisle telling us, what are you talking about? There's a particular nature to Lashon HaKodesh. And in turn, as I mentioned earlier, there's going to be a particular nature to being a Jew. Uh, Kuzari will those famous words there's an inyan ha-eloki there was something that was just inherently and naturally passed down from one to the next we'll call that Salem Elohim he'll call that Salem Elohim but he won't as Harambam told us in the last class Uh, it's not because it was taught it's because he was born to him, and it was just there, and it just was. The fact that you are at Har Sinai, many of these, if not all of them, will tell you you are a different person, genetically. A convert compared to a Jew, well, they can get close, but they'll never be a Jew at their source. Whereas Halambam, as we've mentioned, as we've understood, it's very consistent with regards to his vision of existence, vision of Torah, vision of life as we know it and should know it, will tell us this intrinsic thought is far from truth, it's about achievements, it's about it's about development of mind, soul, spirit, and so forth. It's not about something that just is. Baruch Adonai le'alam. Amen ve-amen.